Thank you, Your Eminence. Thank you, Fathers. Pray for me. It's so good to be with all of you. My name is Father Abraham Pham, and like Abuna said, I'm coming from some years in Zambia and last couple years here um, in Northern Virginia. So thank you for letting me come to learn. I hope the conference will be a chance that I can share, but then we, I can learn, and that we can learn from each other. That's why we're here. There should be a lot of interaction and uh, encouraging of each other. I was interacting with some people recently about the topic of paradise. And the topic came up about what do they believe that their dream paradise would look like. So I'm going to share what they said. And some of them I agree and some of them it's kind of funny. So I'll let you be the judge of it. So this is a conversation I was having with some people about what they believe their paradise would be like their their dream scenario okay the first person said their paradise is whatever makes me feel that I don't want anything more at that time it can be a comforting hand on my shoulder a warm bed on a winter night or a stranger singing outside my house I'm not sure about that one paradise <laughs> paradise can come unexpected and everywhere so I keep my antennas open and alert because paradise never lasts forever that's their paradise. Person number two. Paradise is realizing your hopes are real and come true. Seeing your intentions thrive, your children succeeding and growing, your designs coming true, and birthing wonders. Short and sweet. Person number three had a lot to say, so stay with me here. Person number three said, their paradise is very few bugs. I wish that could have been there in Zambia, very few bugs. We have so many. Very few bugs, temperate climate, not too hot, or humid, beautiful nature, scenery, and flowers, no trash visible anywhere, kind, affirming people, but still a few comedians and oddballs for variety, <laughs> acceptance for all people, groups, and types, everyone has a good hair day every day, animals are safe and protected, ice cream has no calories, no creature or human, great or small, has pain or regrets or sadness, unlimited access to education, the golden rule is paramount for everybody. Good health is given to all. Lush green grass, blue skies with puffy white drifting clouds. Occasional rainy days and short muffled snowy days where trees turn into winter wonderland. That's a long one, right? That was person number three. That was just one person. Okay. Person number four, last one. Their paradise is this. A secluded little cabin with a fireplace. Tons of firewood, a big soaking tub, a huge library of all their favorite books, in the mountains near a stream where wildlife will come to drink and gaze. I can watch them from a swinging porch bed while I drink coffee and read, plenty of hiking trails, and go for runs. So those are the four different people about their paradise. Sounds pretty amazing. Um, of course I had to tell them about the real paradise and what it looks like and what it is. And we know that actually from the beginning, God's plan was to have this paradise with Adam and Eve, that Adam and Eve could enjoy walking with God, talking with God, and seeing the beauty of God's creation, and not wanting anything, because they had everything. And it's true, that that's what paradise was for Adam and Eve, and of course, you know, the story goes, they lost that paradise um, that was so beautiful to them. And we think about the description of everybody's paradise, 
it's not even a drop of what paradise was for Adam and Eve. They had it so amazing and so beautiful and they were content and had everything. And then they got removed from paradise, of course, you know, from the disobedience. And then they were on the outside, looking into paradise, thinking to themselves, I wish I can go back to paradise. I want that again. And they were on the outside looking in and they probably said what we do sometimes, as I missed the good old days. I missed the good old days when I was with, walking with God and talking with God and, and I was with Him. But now they're on the outside looking in and they were missing those times. They still knew God, but they missed something in their life. They missed that life with God in paradise. We today, with our busyness and distractions, are living the same way. We're looking in at our life with God. We're kind of getting through. We're good at church. We, we try to sit with Him, but we still feel like something is missing. There's a paradise. There's an enjoyment. There's, a, there's something missing that we want to have. And we're kind of like that, where we're on the outside looking in. We search every day in our life for joy, but never are satisfied. We look for acceptance and love from people, but can't seem to find it. We look for the meaning of our life. That's a big one. I've talked to so many people. What's the meaning of my life? What is my, the purpose of my life? We look for the meaning, but we can't seem to find it. We look for paradise again. Just can't seem to find it either. We feel lost, we feel brokenhearted, we feel something is missing. And I, I hope I'm not just saying this, but this is from my conversations with many, many, many people. And maybe you feel like that today. Maybe something is missing. Have you ever said, there's something that I should be doing? And there's something that it's looking in on somebody else's life and saying, I want that, or I miss that. We all dream, and don't say you don't. We all dream of retirement one day to relax and to enjoy and to have our paradise. Somebody asked me recently, I thought it was, was, was kind of funny. Someone asked me recently, he said, Abuna, they're talking to me. They said, Abuna, when I retire and you retire, and he's pointing at me, I'm like, retire? He said, when I retire and Abuna, when you retire, can we go on an island together and just enjoy the rest of our life? I was thinking, retire? I didn't know we can retire. <laughs> can we is there any retirement? <laughs> I don't think His Eminence would like any of us to retire. But, but then I asked the question, I said, why do you want me to retire with you and be with you on this island? Don't you just want to be... And this, by the way, this is a real conversation. I'm telling you the truth. I, I was going back and forth. I said, why do you need me there? They said, Abuna, I'm retired on, on the island, but I still want to go to church. <laughs> So I need a priest to come. So when you're done, you come and you have it. And I, I was laughing because people dream of their future paradise, their future retirement. We, we do that. We, we work so hard to get to the point where we don't have to work hard anymore. And people dream of this life. People dream of their future paradise, I believe, because they're not happy with their present life. I want you to think about that for a second. We dream of our future, something that we want, because we're not happy with our present and the truth is, we're never really satisfied because we're all searching for more. That's kind of the talk right now I want to go 
in with you today and, and chat with you for a few minutes. Hopefully we got some time here. But we're all searching for more. We're searching for that paradise again. We're searching for more. And I'm going to explain what more is. So stay with me. I'm going to explain what more is. I know you felt like that many times in your life. Like there's, there's got to be something else for me. I can't just be... I don't think God created me just to be doing nothing. I know God has something more for me and something more for you. And I felt that many times, to be honest with you, growing up many, many, many times as a youth, I tried to figure out why am I here? I wasn't so close to God at a very young age, but I knew something was out there for me. Something, someone and something was out there for me. I kept trying to ignore it. And to be honest, then I would try many different things to find out what it would be. I tried doing everything to get attention. I tried even playing sports. I tried, you know, being the class clown. I tried to do, I tried to do everything. And I tried every kind of job or, or, or whatever. But nothing, nothing satisfied. Yeah, I probably made a lot of friends. But something was missing. Something is missing. And that's what I want to talk to you about, is that missing is the more. And the more is actually what God designed for us to do. What God designed for us to be, that's the more. And I think we're looking everywhere, and we just can't seem to find it, because we're looking kind of in the wrong place. Yes, I'm searching for more, but more already awaits me. What does that mean? I know I'm going to talk to you in like uh, a way that I'm, I'm going to confuse you for a minute, but just stick with me. More is already awaiting me. Now, we know that God came and was incarnate, died and rose again to open the paradise again. We know that. We know that He ascended to heaven and sent us the Holy Spirit to give us this more. I know it sounds like parables, but the more is your purpose and what God designed you to do specifically. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Now here's probably the question you're having in your mind. Okay, Abuna, I understand. God has something. God designed something for me. He created me for something more. More is waiting for me. What is it? Okay, so if you want to know what that is, I'm not going to give you a foolproof plan, but I'm going to tell you a few things that would help you to know why you are here and why you're here on this earth and that God has something more for you. Because I know that we're all missing something. If we would be missing something, we wouldn't be here today. There's something void in our life. So here's a few things that I would say would help. More can only be revealed by our Creator. I know that's like ABC 1, 2, 3. Okay, but that makes sense. More, your purpose, your design can only be revealed by our Creator. The problem is we try to go to different people and different things to find out why I'm here. And, and then we feel empty and some of us get depressed, we have anxiety, we, have, we don't feel good, we're, what's missing, why, why, why? Because we're not really going to the right place. And I'm going to tell you some obvious things and st stick with me. But number one, your more can only be revealed by our Creator, our God. That's the only way. So if you walk around and try to find out why am I here, what should I be doing, you can, it can only be revealed by our Creator. Let's go on to a, a verse here in Ephesians 2.10. You know it very well. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It says here that God is the workmanship, 
right? He's the one doing the workman stuff. He's, he's the one, he's the sculptor sculpting us. He's the painter painting the design of our life, right? So for us to know what's this painting all about, we got to go to the painter. What's this sculpture all about, right? We want to go to the one who sculpted it. And it's the same as here is we are created by him to do something great for him. It's called good works, right? But something great for him. He prepared it. He planned for us. But we should walk in it. So you're only going to know you're more if you, you go to your creator. He's the one who designed it. Okay? So keep that in mind. I'm going to keep going. But it's, it's obvious that God created the whole universe. It's obvious he created the plants, the stars, the sun, animals. And the interesting thing, and I want you to think about this for a second, every creation is doing its purpose. But maybe not us. Every creation, God created the, the heaven, the earth, the universe, the stars, the planets, the, the plants, the animals. Every one of them is fulfilling their mission to do their more. Except, for the most part, us. If you don't believe Ephesians 2.10, I want you to check out Colossians 1.16. I love this verse. It says, For by him all things were created. Again, remember, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Just like we said, God created everything, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things, this is the most important part, all things were created through him and, let's say together, for him. All things were created through him and for him. Guys, we're created by a master craftsman who sculpted, who painted, who created us to do something more than we're, that we're probably doing right now. We were created through him and for him. So the only way we can know our more, our purpose, is to connect with the one who created us, is to connect with the one who has the plan for us. Now, I'm going to tell you stuff that you already know, and I, that's part of the conference, is reminding you. So stick with me here. There's some stuff that you already know and some stuff that maybe we can all learn together. But you know to connect with God, you have to dig into the Word of God. I'm not going to tell you that. You know that. You know that we can grow in our connection with God even through the guidance of our fathers, through the life of the saints, through our prayers and hymnology, through so many ways. But I want to tell you something that you know that's very obvious, but to connect with Him to know our more, there's something that we bypass too quickly, which is we need to figure out how to unite with him through the Eucharist. Now you're probably thinking, well, Abuna, we know. We, we go to liturgy and we partake of the Eucharist. But just stick with me again. The ultimate union with God is through the Eucharist. And it's important for us to realize that we don't go through the motions. Like, I don't want us to ever do anything in the church or our spiritual life going through the motions. That's my concern. That sometimes we just say, okay, I got a liturgy and I take communion and I go. No, but the one thing that we should know is that to know my purpose and to know your purpose and to know your more, we need to connect with God and unite with Him through the Eucharist. Because the Eucharist actually is unity with God in paradise. Remember in the beginning I was talking about paradise? Everyone says, I miss, and I wish, and I could have, and 
this is our chance to restore and to we don't have to be the people on the outside looking in saying i wish i could be and i'm not feeling i feel empty and i feel lost no we have a chance to return and to enjoy the paradise through our life in the eucharist like i said i told you i'm going to remind you of stuff you already know but again let's keep going with this because it's difficult to find our calling our purpose our our life mission without god we're going to try we're going to try to do everything but without the connection to him we're never going to get it we're never going to be full we're not going to be fulfilled and we're always going to be lost so why i'm telling you this is not that you have to keep going to liturgies yes you should but don't go through the motions always try to connect with god through your time in your spiritual life and especially in this time in paradise through the eucharist okay as you know saint athanasius says so many good things but i picked two things i love about what he said it says that talking about christ he became what we are so he can make us what he is he became what we are so he can make us as he is i think we're missing the becoming he is and doing what he wants us to do the other quote that he, from saint athanasius is this for no part of creation is left void of him he has filled all things everywhere there's not one person or one thing of creation that god didn't leave full then why are we empty then why are we missing something then why are we saying i wish i knew what my life is all about why are we feeling like i'm not fulfilling what god wants for me why do we feel that we're we're missing the paradise because maybe we need to restore our connection with the creator no part of creation is left void of him empty of him he has filled all things everywhere and just to stay with this idea of the eucharist father alexander schmemmen says this by filling the world with the this eucharist he transforms his life the one that he receives from the world into the life in god in communion with him this is our chance guys I just want to stress on this in the beginning because the conference should start like this. The conference should start talking about the Eucharist and in connecting with God. It's the person who wants to change their life. It can happen through the Eucharist. We're in the world, but we want to take our life in the world and transform it into the one with God. This is through the Eucharist. This is through the Eucharist. So, whatever you're doing, I wanted to set the stage in the very beginning is in order for us to know our purpose our mission abuna said amplify the mission of the apostles that we're called for something more that 2000 years ago the apostles and disciples were called to do something but in for order for us to know what ours is today we have to connect to the creator who designed us specifically generally and specifically and our transformation does happen through the life of the sacraments in the eucharist it does and that will help us on our journey to know what God has for us. So, that being said, number 1 is more can only be revealed by our creator. Our more can only be revealed by our what? Say it together. Creator. Number 2. Our more is continuing the mission God left for us. During the first century, Bible times, there were some fishermen. You know the story, but stick with me. There were some fishermen doing their job daily trying to take care of their families. They were just doing their job faithfully. They were fishing 
and they were doing their job providing for their families. Head down, working, family, taking care of them. Normal day, normal life. They would go to the temple, pray, come back, fish, and they had, this was their life. They had lots of challenges, just trying to make it, just trying to survive. One day, God stepped into the picture. Christ stepped into the picture to change things forever. Jesus, you know the story, was preaching by the water. He's preaching, he's preaching, he's preaching. The crowd became so close to him to the point where, what did he do? He got into the, what did he get into? He was preaching by the shore and then he got into the, he got into a boat. He got into a boat. Whose boat was it? Whose boat was it? Very good. St. Peter's boat. He got into the boat. Does anybody know why? Why did he get into the boat? Okay, let's go through this together. He got into the boat because it was a better position to preach. True or false? It's actually true. It was a better position. Remember, he's, he's by the shore, he, and the crowd is coming, so he gets onto the boat. It's like getting on a stage to preach. It's true. Question number two. Did he get into the boat to help St. Peter catch more fish? True or false? True again. These are so far, you guys are not doing well today. <laughs> so far, those are true. But it wasn't the ultimate reason. The ultimate plan wasn't just preaching on a boat or helping fishermen catch fish. The ultimate plan was St. Peter to be a disciple and apostle. That was his more. Someone stepped into his boat. And we think, okay, someone's stepping into my life. Someone is coming to encourage me. Guys, he got the ultimate. It wasn't for preaching. It wasn't just for fish. But you know the story in Luke 5.10. It says, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. That's the ultimate mission for St. Peter. That was a specific mission for him. Of course, for all of us. But let's continue. That was his more. That was his more. God was nudging him. God does have a plan. He knew what he was doing when he got into St. Peter's boat. It wasn't random. Sometimes you think the story is random. I'm preaching, I'm preaching. Let me just get into this random boat. It wasn't random. He got into the boat. He knew what he was doing. He definitely helped him catch a lot of fish. But it's not just that God has a plan. Here's the problem. And this, is what, uh, this is what I want you to think about. Isn't it the, it, the problem isn't that God has a plan for us. Here's the real problem. Is that we don't respond to it. Responding to the more. Now in the beginning, St. Peter probably didn't respond very well. When Jesus entered the boat, what do you think St. Peter was saying? Let me, it doesn't say, but let me, let, me, let me kind of pretend with you between the lines. Jesus enters the boat. St. Peter's trying to clean the nets and go. And he's probably thinking to himself, it's not written in the scriptures. He's probably thinking to himself, um... James's boat is over there. Would you, Jesus, maybe you could go to James's boat. Like, I'm almost done here, right? Like, he's probably thinking to myself, why are you on my boat? I want to go home. I want to tell my family we got no food today, and I'm, I'm really sad. But he sat there, and he listened, and he listened. But I don't think in the beginning, St. Peter responded in a good way. I think he was frustrated. And even when Jesus told him to go out to go fish again, in, in his heart, he's like, we just did. We went out and we didn't find anything and there's there no hope. But he said, okay, because you said so, I'm going to go out. So there's, there's this fight between St. Peter and what he wants to do and his response to what God wants to do. 
And he went, of course, and caught a lot of fish. But you want me to show you the best verse on the best response? Here's the best verse. And you're probably going to wonder why I, 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 I'm sharing this verse. This is the best verse of the best response of St. Peter. He said, after all this, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. What does that have to do with responding in a good way? That doesn't look like a good way. It looks like he's saying that I'm the worst and there's no, and I'm sorry for the, but actually this is the moment in his life that he realized my life is not mine, it's yours. He's starting to realize that sorry, Lord, for trying to tell you how I should live my life. Sorry, Lord, for trying to do things my way. This is the moment when he said, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sinful, forgive me. It's your way. Tell me what to do. Tell me what you want me to do. And two verses later, he said, you're going to be a fisher of men. But this is the response that we need to have this conference. What I want you to do this whole conference, I know it's going to be hard, is I want you to say, God, what do you want from me? You should say this prayer. God, what is my more? I'm here at this conference, and maybe I'm here for whatever reason, but I want to know what my life is all about. I don't want to wait till I'm 80 to start living my more, my purpose. God, you're in charge. I serve you. I need you. What do you want me to do? And I promise you, when these prayers start this weekend, God is going to start to soften our hearts to what he wants. This is the response that we must have in order to get to our mission that God wants for us. When I was in college, I was head down studying, doing my own thing, just trying to graduate. I wasn't into church very much during those years. And I was wondering, what's next for my life? You know, and I got a job at a, a very good consulting company, as most people, when you say, what are you working in Northern Virginia? We say, well, what do you do? He's, I'm a consultant. That's like a common thing. Is that the same in Atlanta or not really? Not really. You guys are all doctors probably. Anyways, so... <clears throat> You got a great job as a consultant. I, remember, I wasn't very... I want to share with you this weekend about my life a little bit just, just to encourage you and you to encourage me. But I wasn't really close to God and I was wondering what's next. But the first day, I'll never forget this date, the first day working in this consulting company, we we're all, as new people, having lunch with the partner. And I'll never forget this day. And he was sharing about all the things that he has and he is and how rich he is. I don't know why he was doing that. But then he... He looked at me and said, and he was talking about the millions of dollars and the money he has. And I was like, I was like, and he even said, he looked at me specifically. And he says, do you want to be partner? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he said, do you know that partners make millions? I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, do you want to be? I said, yeah, of course. I'm like, a, you know, a new person just graduated college. I don't have any money. And he says, just stick. He actually said, he said, work 15 years. And you're going to be partner, and you're going to make millions. I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm in. So year after year, I was head down working, trying to get to this point. By year seven, and I'm not saying this is your story. I'm just telling you this is my story. So I don't want you to go and leave your job or anything. This is, please don't do that. That's not, this is my story. But I've always felt there was something missing, and there was something more. And... One day, I had three people step in my boat. And I want to tell you about these three people. And they're all led by God. First one was a servant. Second one was a priest. And the third one was a friend. Okay? It sounds like a, like a joke. The priest and the friend and the servant. So the first one was a servant. The second one was a priest. And the third one was a friend. The first one, the servant. <clears throat> During the time when I was working, my mind was on millions. But the servant 
even through college, I remember he used to call when I was with my roommates. He would call every week, maybe twice a week, to ask me to come to church. It got to the point where I told my roommates, when he calls, I'm not here. So he would call, and then he would call my roommate answer, and they would say, this is Uncle So-and-so from the church. So the roommate, of course, he doesn't know anything. He said, your uncle's on the phone. I'm like, no, everybody in the church is called uncle. Okay, so don't worry. <clears throat> this is a true story, guys. And he said, he didn't understand what I said. I said, just tell him, uh, tell my uncle I'm not here. Okay, and he said, but your uncle is on the phone. I said, that's not my uncle. Every like male figure is my uncle. Anyways, he would call weekly or twice a week to reach out to me. I remember, and even when I started working, and he would do that nonstop. And I believe that love touched me in some way. The priest stepped into my boat and met me where I was and showed me a different kind of life. He loved me, but he did something that he didn't judge me. He knew I wasn't 100% close to God, but he didn't judge me. It was clear that he had like been sent by God for a mission to encourage me and he would just do whatever to get me to come to church he would say come play with the kids basketball come do this it worked his love his not being judgment judgmental and then just telling me to come to church not specifically for a liturgy or service but just to come hang out and play but it worked something in me the last one was a friend and the reason I'm telling you this is because I feel like St. Peter's story is happening to all of us. Somebody's stepping into your boat and wants you to come to this mission. The third one was a friend. He would come to my house every Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. And remember, I wasn't close to God. He would come and say, we're going to liturgy. I said, no, I'm not going to liturgy. Five. I'm not going anywhere at 5 a.m. <laughs> and he would come outside my house. That's a true story. He would come outside my house and he had this car when he revved the engine, like the whole neighborhood could hear it. And he would, go, he would come to my house and he'd go, and he would, it, would, it, would, it would sound off in the whole um, neighborhood. And I would, I would like be in the window like, go away, <laughs> go, get out. And he would, then he would do it more. And every Wednesday at 5 a.m. he would do it. Until what? Until I got out of bed, got in the car, and go to liturgy. The whole car ride, I would be like, I wouldn't talk to him, I was upset. And then we'd go to church, I would sit in liturgy. I hated it. It's early in the morning. I want to sleep. Next week, Wednesday, 5 a.m., who shows up again? Same guy, revving up his engine. If I don't come out, every neighbor is going to come and kill me. It's true. So I came out every Wednesday, week after week. True story. Until I started to enjoy the liturgy and the quiet and the prayers and something God was doing in me through a servant, a friend, and a priest. These are little Christs in your life that are entering your boat. I believe this conference could be one of those times where someone is entering your boat and saying, I got something more for you that you don't know yet. You don't know yet. I got something else for you that you don't know yet. So we must continue this mission that God left us. We gotta connect to our Creator. Remember, that was the first one. We gotta continue what He's already planned for us, like He did for St. Peter. 
And here's the thing, guys. You're probably asking yourself, okay, what is the mission then? What is my mission that God left me? Well, I'm glad you asked. The general mission is this. And Abuna said it earlier, Abuna Nate said it earlier. And it's from either Matthew 20, 20, uh, 28, verse 19, or Mark 6, 15. Go into all the world. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go to every creature. Okay, that's a general one. But you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, Abuna, I'm, I'm, you're taking me from here to that? But okay, this is the general mission. This is something generally God wants to get us to. He wants us to get to the point where we're sharing who He is with everybody around us. That's true. He wants us to go, this is our general mission. He wants to take us step by step. Our specific mission, you're probably going, yes, get me to the specific mission. What's my specific mission? What I have to tell you about your specific mission is I, I don't know. I don't know, the, there's no formula. But I can tell you something. There is something specific. And how do you know? Is that you can tell by St. Paul and St. Peter. I'm going to take two as an example. Right? In this verse, you can see a mission specifically for each one of them differently. You know St. Paul was against the Christians and was persecuting and was killing them. And, and then he became one of the biggest advocates of Christ it says here, when James, Cephas, who is St. Peter, and John, so James, Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, it's St. Paul, right? Talk, they gave me and Barnabas, St. Paul speaking here, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. So you can see James, Peter, and John have a mission, and St. Paul and St. Barnabas have another mission. I'm just trying to tell you something that I don't think it's just for them. I would hate for the, the, the Bible would tell us, okay, James, Peter, John, you do this. And, and Paul and Barnabas, you do this. And us, oh, the, the mission's done. It's like, sorry, there's nothing left. No. It's just showing you, yes, there's a general mission and, and more for all of us, but there's also a specific more for each one of us as well. God will lead you to your specific one. Again, I want to go back to the painter in the painting. Who knows? Have you ever been to a museum and you look at a painting and everybody's going like this, but you have no idea what they're looking at? Have you ever been like that? All the time. I hate going to museums. Everyone is like, look at that and look at that structure and the, the, and the shades. And I'm like, this is the ugliest picture ever. <laughs> Honestly, I never understand like, the art in museums. Sorry, I know there's some art people here. I don't understand. It just looks like... But that's the thing. That's the same thing. We say, I don't know what my life is all about. I don't know what my painting is supposed to be. So who do we go to? The painter. I'm not sure what it's... It's the painter. I don't understand the painting either. Sometimes when I look at my life, I'm, what do you want for me next? I was telling His Eminence and the Fathers, like, coming back from Zambia, I knew what my mission was there. I have no, like, I'm learning what my mission is here. I don't know exactly. I'm trying to learn and understand but that's okay. The painter will explain our painting, our life. Don't ever say, my life is messed up. My life, that's the painting. Let God help you understand more. Here's another way to look at it. If the painting analogy doesn't work, look at it this way. Growing up, my favorite toy. Tell me if anybody has this as their favorite toy growing up. Legos. You guys know the Legos? Little toys? That's my favorite, okay? Growing up, I used to love a movie called Star Wars. Anybody here like Star Wars? Okay, Star Wars. Only a few. I, I, I would expect more Star Wars people. Just because his eminence is here, you can say you watch movies that are not Christian. It's okay. Star Wars is a good movie. <laughs> Star Wars is a very good movie, by the way, your eminence. So it's a very, 
<laughs> but my point is, I used to grow up, I used to want the Star Wars ships. And they're, they're in many pieces. You'd buy the set, and there's pieces assigned for that set. Okay, like the Millennium Falcon, right? That's, there's a set for a huge one. So I used to collect, me and my brother used to collect all the different Star Wars sets, the Lego sets, and build them. The one mistake we made was this. Is we used to take those sets, after we want to break them down and we're finished with them, we used to throw them in a big bucket all together. So this set is supposed to be by itself, we would throw it in the bucket. And that set was supposed, we throw it all in one big bucket. So when we want to build it again, what happened? We have to go in there and find the pieces that fit the set. What was the problem? They're all mixed up. And only a specific piece can fit this set. What am I trying to get to? Is that, look, I know you're here today. I don't know much about you. I know like five of you. I can't wait to learn about all of you, to be honest. But what I would say is that you are one piece of one set that's made for a purpose. That piece has to be there. You can't try to fit another, another set's piece doesn't fit in this one. It doesn't work. We tried, trust me. We tried to, to, to match and find them. We put the ship and the ship would be lopsided and fall apart. It doesn't work. Your piece, your life is a specific piece that fits into a purpose that God has. And no one else can fit there. It's only you. I know it sounds like, oh, okay, when you're saying nice words. No, I'm telling you the truth. So anybody sitting there right now and doesn't know what your more is, you got to know that your piece matters. Your peace matters. You were meant for so much more. And you're so valuable and your peace is so essential and it can't fit anywhere else. It fits for a purpose. And you, you can't sit there and say, I don't know what my life is all about. I don't know. No, there is something. We have to search for it. And that's why we're here this weekend. We need to search for it. Our more will definitely be more clear connecting with our creator and that's our journey through the church our more is understanding the general and specific mission God has for us but his specific mission for you is different than me I can't say you went to Zambia right okay you're not a priest but your more doesn't have to be a priest your more doesn't have to be Zambia your more is you and it's essential number three I'll move on sake of time your more is a life of significance not just success it took me a while to understand this this i want you to pay attention here this is really 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 important your more is a life of significance not just success i'll explain it in a story that's also true in 1993 a picture was taken of a malnutrition girl on the ground of a like a poor country she was on the ground and she was like it's a, a, a small little small little girl a small baby and she was so thin and she was malnourished and the a photographer was taking a picture of her and he captured a picture of her of like crying and no one was holding her and no one was carrying her and the food was like like a, a distance away and no one brought her to the food but he took a picture of her and behind the picture so imagine a picture of this girl who can't move and she was it was so sad I saw I didn't want to put the picture I was gonna put it up here but it's so hard for me to even swallow I couldn't put the picture here but on the back of the picture was a vulture 
And the vulture was waiting for her to what? Die. And the vulture was there in the back. And was waiting for her to die. And the, and the guy is taking a picture. And he took the perfect picture of, of this scenario. He went back to his home in America. And he actually, this is a true story. He, he was in the New York Times and he became very, very famous for this picture. He, he earned a Pulitzer Prize for this picture. He was at the top of his career. He achieved everything he wanted in his career, the top, the mountaintop. True story. Four months after the, this moment of achieving the award, he killed himself. And people have a story on why. But the one that I liked was that he felt bad that he didn't do something with that girl, that he didn't carry her, that he didn't take her to the place to get food. He didn't do his part. He was very successful, but he missed a chance to be significant. And that's what I want to say to you today. I know we all want to achieve so much. I wanted the millions too. I'm not saying you have to stop achieving your life dreams. I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong. I want you to work hard, be faithful. But I'm telling you, we could be missing a life of significance. That man couldn't stand it that he didn't do something for this girl. He was the most successful in his career, but he wasn't significant. What's the difference? Here's an easy way to remember it that I like. Success is for me, but significance is for others. I'm never going to judge you for what you do in your life. I'm just saying, be successful. Okay, go for it. But don't miss significance. Deal? Right? Go to be successful, but don't miss significance. Don't miss something God has for you. Okay? Like, don't let one take away from the other. Okay? I want you to achieve your paradise. I want you to achieve your retirement. I want you to achieve all that. But I don't want you to miss the most precious part of life. The most fulfilling part of life. We search for our dream house, we search for the car we like, our future, we search for a spouse, maybe here, I'm not sure, we search for a spouse, just joking guys, I'm just joking, we search for, we search for, I had to throw it in there, sorry, we search for a job, um, we try different jobs, but here's the problem, Don't, I'm not saying quit your job, but listen to me carefully, I think we have the wrong order, I feel like we need to put our mission are more here and then our job is part of the more our job is part of the mission our family is part of the mission our whatever dreams that we have I know you might disagree but all that is part of the umbrella of more umbrella of what God has it's the the way to live a life of significance not just success there's a survey that came out that I just saw recently uh, in North America on average about for every 10 people in this country talking about their job he said this, out of every 10 people, only one of the 10 is happy with their job. Six don't really care. Three hate it. Where are you in that story? One, happy. This is a, this is a survey across America. Six don't really, don't really care. Three hate it. My point is, and this is actually proven by the New York Times um, surveys that People are no longer 
just happy with success and money anymore. They're okay with it, but it doesn't fill them. It doesn't satisfy them. They have it, but it's no longer the main thing that people are shooting for. Even the Harvard Business Review said money and benefits didn't make, don't make people happy anymore. The highest single impact, this is from the Harvard Business Review, the highest single impact is significance, not success. I think that we need to reorganize our life. Mission, purpose, or more, and everything else is going to be part of that. So when I'm doing this, it's because of this. It just, it's a better way to live. You know this already. I'm almost done. Sorry to delay. It's just a, the first night we have to kind of get a lot out as a foundation. Then we'll go. Every other talk won't be this long. Sorry. Your life isn't, you know this, isn't by accident, isn't by coincidence. Things don't happen by luck. I know we think so. God is nudging us, challenging us, encouraging us. Maybe some days we feel like no fish, no something in our life, something is missing. We're down. That's going to happen. It's not going to be all good days. Some days you're going to feel like, well, God is blessing me. I'm catching a lot of fish. It's true. There's going to be some days when I realize why I'm here. Hold on to those days. Run with those days. Pray about that. Say, God, just like St. Peter, I'm yours. Sorry, Lord. I know that I've been running my life. I know I have my plans all figured out. I'm doing this, 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 this. But my life is yours our more will be discovered by three things that i share today as a starting point not a full proof plan discover your more by connecting with your creator thank you for answering you'll know your more because it's the mission that god left for us and your more is a life of significance not success almost done your more this is really important doesn't need to be grand big something like going to zambia and becoming a priest and a missionary okay it doesn't have to be grand you don't have to be a bishop or monk or priest unless you want to we can help you get there but if we can but if you okay but it doesn't have to be it could be something your lego piece your precise piece is needed to make this set work it's your piece it's precise not grand i didn't realize that a lot of my life I was looking for that and that could be something small but amazing but precision you can do something better than something like so stay tuned and pray this weekend what is my specific precise mission our personal ambitions which I want you to have it's centered around what we want but mission is around what God wants and what God needs let's pray for that here's the, the next steps kind of I'm going to go through them this is the end this is what I want you to ask yourself maybe take a picture of this at the end but these are your next steps number one ask yourself in what ways can I reconnect with God is there something is am I at this conference and I just feel disconnected from God that could be you it's okay I've been disconnected from God for so many times in my life how can I reconnect how can I reconnect this weekend let me use this time in what ways can I reconnect with God? Answer that for yourself. Like, find a way to answer this question. Another one is, what are some of the ways that I can practice my general mission? 
Remember my general mission? Is to go to all nations, make disciples of all nations. My specific mission. With all the problems facing humanity, this is a question for you. With all the problems that we hear every day facing humanity, which one interests you the most? Which one that tugs on your heart? When you hear about it, you say, I want to be, I want to be part of that. That's how you can know your specific mission. Is that something that's a problem out there in the world that you keep seeing and you keep getting frustrated about. It could be something happening in the, like maybe your specific church or your specific community or your specific whatever. Or it could be the lost sheep of the church. It could be that whatever. I don't know what your mission specifically is, but to help you get there, ask yourself how to reconnect with God. What are some ways I can practice my general mission? And with all the problems facing humanity out there, which one interests me? Which one tugs at me? Which one really makes me like I want to stand up and I want to do something about it write it down think about it pray about it this weekend because that could be your specific mission next one here what are some of the talents and gifts that you feel you have and also people say you have there's something that you have that people say hey you're good at that by the way and by the way you're good at like I noticed you're good at you know talking with people and connecting with people you're good at that you're good at preaching you're good at singing you're good at I don't know people tell you you're good at something that could be a place where it's could be your more in that area we're part of something bigger we're part of something bigger and I want you this weekend say God I'm yours I don't know I, do not, I don't feel satisfied sometimes. I need you to guide me, fill me, and lead me. I'm your child. I'm willing. I'm ready. Lead me to my more. Lead me to my mission. It's probably been hidden for years, but God wants to amplify your mission. What was in secret? What was quiet? What was in the background? What God has designed and painted for you? It's time to be amplified. You can see it. You can live it. I don't want you to wait until you're an old person and say, now it's time to start my mission, my more. Let's pray for this, this weekend. God has a great mission for us and for the church. Search no longer. Just respond. Pray for another. Glory be to God forever. Amen.